All right, so I want y'all to get your Bibles out and get ready to uh, take a deep dive into this word, all right? And I want to talk about the keys of the kingdom. Um, and this is important. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've been, you know, during this, and I'm not, I'm going to do an intro today, but during this fast, I asked God to help me to rediscover the kingdom. That's been my prayer for me. Help me to rediscover the kingdom. You know, I, I, amen. So, so we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page. I, I've been asking God to help me to rediscover the kingdom. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've never read Keys of the Kingdom, let me know. Uh, uh, kingdom Living Blueprint and all that great stuff. Uh, it's a blessing. God allowed me to write that a couple of years ago, and I'm working on some other stuff now. So, um, but it, I asked God during this time, you know, fasting is a, is a great time to quiet your flesh down, right, and let your spirit man grow, right? And so I've been really taking advantage of it. I've, I haven't cut Netflix on, you know. I didn't finish watching the series Seed and all that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I am focused on what God has to do. And what God has to say and what he is speaking in our hearts and our minds, right? So, um, and I thought about this statement and the statement that, that we cannot get clarity without understanding the kingdom, right? And I want to give you some really, hopefully some real pearls this morning. And because you pressed out on this nice day, I'm going to pour you extra, all right? I'm going to give you some extra stuff, all right? Um, but but I, wanna, I, I think that clarity, we've declared... Just this is the year of divine clarity and the decade of declaration, right? That's what we've declared, that this year is the year of divine clarity, which means you're going to see clearer this year than you've ever seen before. Come on, clearer for your future, your family, your careers, your ministries, what God has for you to do. And this is the decade of what? Declaration. We've declared that. But I speak and I, and I look at that and I'm, I'm, I'm putting it together and God really dealt me about making sure that we understand the foundation of clarity is the kingdom. The foundation of clarity is the kingdom. That you really can't come into clarity unless you have a kingdom mindset. And Pastor Rick and I are always talking about um, things and, and, and where we are in ministry and what God has done. And we all accredit that to understanding and having clarity on what the kingdom is. So let's jump into a couple of uh, key things. Let's talk about this. This awesome thing called the kingdom of God, all right? I'm going to give you some things, and I'm going to, between this week and next week, I'm telling you, it's going to get really juicy, all right? So really, really good. And so I, the, the text scripture that you see in Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse number 19, uh, it says this. It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven. <laughs> Man, I can shout on that by itself. That's a good, that's good preacher right there. And whatever doors you open on earth shall be opened in heaven. That means that whatever through, when you understand what God gives you the keys to the kingdom. Man, that's a good one. I know. Whatever doors you open on earth, God said, I'm going to back you up and open it up on heaven. Whatever you shut if you say, hey, I, I, I'm done with this, God said, I'm going to back you up and make sure that it stays done. If you say, I want my finances to be changed and I want that door to open, God said, I'm going to back you up and make sure that door opens up. Oh, come on, somebody. There's something powerful about having some keys. Somebody say keys. So I looked at the definition of keys. I know you know what keys are. You think you know what keys are. But there were three good definitions for keys, all right? And I want, and, and some stuff is not going to be on the screen. This is just Holy Spirit stuff, all right? And this is stuff that just during my, my prayer time that, that I've been diving into. The first definition of keys is said, it means access. So the keys of the kingdom gives you access. So whatever you didn't have access to before, when you leave here today, but you're understanding, you're getting new access. When we brought our house after we signed the papers, they gave us some keys. If you ever lease a new place, after you lease it, you sign the contract, you don't get it before. Come on in, somebody. You get it after, <laughs> right? And even though you was going to the closing and it was yours, right, until you got those keys, you couldn't get in the house. Come on, talk to me here, somebody. You couldn't get in the house until you got them keys. 
But when you got that keys, having keys makes it officially yours. That means you can come and go as you please. And he says that keys means access. So today God has given you new access. I thought you'd be a little more excited about that. All right. Number two, uh, keys meant, and and this is the definition of keys, something that secures and controls entrance. Something that secures and controls entrance. That means that there's sometimes you got to use the key to keep things out, not just to let people in. (laughs) Some of us need to control our access. We've been letting too many people in where they shouldn't be allowed in. Come on, somebody, talk to me here. And the keys today are going to let you lock people out and let people in. Right? Because you got to have the keys to get in. The third definition of keys was something that affords a means of clarifying a problem. Something that affords the means of clarifying a problem. Something that that affords a means of clarifying a problem. Now, why is that? Because if somebody has uh, the key to something... They have the answer to something. So we're not just talking about physical keys. We're talking about the fact that God will give you the keys. He will give you the answer to something to a problem. So you are the key to the solution to Philadelphia. Come on. When he said, I give you the keys to the key, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you access to solutions for problems. (laughs) I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Watch whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven. Whatever doors you open on earth shall be opened in heaven. Those are some good keys. They're duo locks. Uh, you get it when you get home. They're duo locks. You ever heard of a duo lock? Huh? All right. Let's, so let's, <laughs> let's, let, let's dive into this just a little bit. So a couple of questions I want to answer over these next two, three weeks. One, I want to answer what is the kingdom? Right? What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom? And, I'm, and I promise you, and I always, I give the revelation of the kingdom the biggest credit to the revolutionary of my Christian walk. Res- revolution, I understand the revolution, the revelation of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The second question we want to answer is, how do you enter into this kingdom? Right? How do I enter into the kingdom of God? How do I enter? I know about the kingdom, I'm talking about the kingdom, but how do I enter into this kingdom? The uh, third thing we're going to look at is, what is the language of the kingdom? Right? The kingdom of God has a language. And if you uh, uh, are speaking the right language, you know, I, I love hearing, we upstairs, I love hearing Carol talk. First time I heard her talk, I said, where are you from? <laughs> you know, you ever heard somebody with an accent and you knew they were from somewhere else? Right? Your language or your accent should give you away. How you talk to people should give you away. Come on, come on, I need to flow before a minute. We're almost there, right? How how, how you respond to people should give you away. They should know that you're from somewhere else. Right? They should know that you're not, you're in this world, because people of Philly don't answer like that. Where you from? Come on, come on, come on. You feel me, Lorenz? Where, where, Where you from? Why? Because you should have a kingdom language. And we're going to talk about the kingdom language, that as a kingdom person, there ought to be a language. And here's the exciting part, that you are a part of a kingdom. You are not just saved to get saved and then sit there and wait until Jesus comes. That would be boring. It's great that he's going to come, but it'd be boring to wait. I mean, I don't plan on dying anytime soon, do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't plan on dying anytime soon. So I just don't want to be saved and wait until Jesus comes. There's a work that we have to do. Come on, somebody. And it's exciting to know that we are a part of a kingdom. What an awesome thing. The fourth thing we're going to look at is uh, what is the culture of the kingdom? Right? Every kingdom has a culture. Right? When I moved from New York to Philly, man, it was a different culture. (laughs) I, I, I didn't think it was going to be. I said, I'm only an hour and 40 minutes, two hours away from New York. How different can it be? It's a different culture. Come on, right, right? It's a whole different world. 
And man, I'm still adjusting to the Philly culture. It's a whole different world, man. I'm telling you, my wife and I, we have this conversation. I, I had no idea it could be this different. Just going from New York to Philadelphia, man, it's a, it was almost a culture shock. <laughs> right? It's a different culture. But the kingdom has a culture. So there's a way that, 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 that speaks to who you are and where you're from when we speak of your culture. What is your culture? And the beautiful thing about culture, culture has a language. Culture has a behavior. Culture has a way of being, right? There's certain things that in a culture we can identify. So we're going to talk about the kingdom culture. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how do I find my place in this kingdom? Right? How do I find my place in this kingdom? So it's great that there's a kingdom, Pastor, but I don't want to be outside the kingdom. <laughs> how do I get inside of this kingdom? Right? I love, I love this, I love this scripture. Jesus, and Jesus spoke of the importance of the kingdom of God. And he said in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, he says, Pray therefore like this, our Father who was in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, kept holy, be your name. Verse 10 key. Your kingdom come, your will be done, what? On earth as it is in heaven. He says, So hey, I want you to I want the kingdom of God to be manifested on earth, just like the kingdom is manifested in the heavens. You are a part of a kingdom. Somebody say, I'm a part of a kingdom. Okay, so let's, let's dive into this, and I'm almost there. This is going to be, this couple of weeks is going to be good, because, you know, some people, they are, they are experts in, in talking about faith. Some people are experts in talking about healing. I am an expert when it comes to talking about the kingdom. Amen. That, that, that is my thing. So, so you don't want to miss any, anything like this, all right? And I'm going to be giving some stuff that I've never given before. It's going to be good. Uh, so look, look at Genesis, the first chapter uh, uh, this is going to be, this is the, and I call this, this is the purpose, right? We talk about the purpose of the kingdom. And this is where all things start. All things start right here. That when man fell, man did not fall from heaven. Man fell from dominion. You understand that? In the book of Genesis, we're going to look at this. When God created Adam and Eve, right? Adam did not fall from heaven. <laughs> Adam fell from dominion. But yet, we have a mindset in the church today that we are living to get to heaven. We are living to get to heaven. When man didn't fall from heaven, man fell from dominion. We sing the songs, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm so... Y'all never heard that before? I'm, come on, come on, go, go. I can't, come on, go with me. All right, I'm so glad I'm on my way to heaven and I'm so glad and the world can't do me no harm. Right? I mean, just like, yeah. Can't wait to get to heaven. Those streets of gold. Right? Skipping over, <laughs> skipping over the entire purpose of why you're here. Right? Oh, can't wait to get to heaven. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Really, when you read the end of the book of Revelations, guess what? For all you heaven-bound people, right? We all end up coming back to earth. You got to read the end of the book. The Bible says, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So you're not going to spend eternity in heaven according to, I used to teach Bible college, trust me on this, read the book of Revelation. Uh, th you're not going to spend eternity in heaven. You're going to spend here on earth. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth descending down. But we're on our way to heaven and we're so, <laughs> Can't they, they, come on, come on. That's an old Baptist song, right? I know. Uh, all right, so, so look at this. So, so look at this. God, God created man. Man was made and born in his image. I love this scripture. This is awesome. Here is the, the purpose that God created man. You ready? Uh, it says, then God said, let us make a man, someone like ourselves, to be the master of all life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. So God made man like his maker. Like God did God make man. Man and maid, talking about Eve, did he make them. Verse 28, and God did what? Blessed them and told them multiply and fill the earth, subdue it. You are masters of the fish, the birds, and all the animals. So the Bible doesn't say he made man, Adam and Eve, and say, hey, I make you, give you authority, let's go to heaven. <laughs> That's not what he did. Because that was not the purpose of him making man. 
The purpose was not him getting to heaven. Heaven is a byproduct of you being saved and giving your life to Christ. But that is not the purpose that he birthed you into the world. We're talking about fulfilling purpose, right? And here is the purpose of why God chose to create humanity. Was not so that humanity would go to heaven. He tells you in Genesis 1, 26 to 28 what the purpose was. He wanted to make someone like him and give them dominion over the earth and give them control over the earth. I love this scripture in the book. Uh, let's look at the same verse 28 and another uh, version. And God blessed them and God said to them to do these things. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. The only thing you don't have authority over is each other. You have authority over everything else. We're not talking about out, out of the sanctity of marriage, but I can't, I don't have control over people. I have control over everything else. We all have control over. Jesus came, he spoke to the wind. Remember the wind was acting up on the boat? He came and said, peace be still. He spoke to a tree. Come on. He, he spoke as a man. Thank you. He, he, he did all these things, right? All this authority he had. He had all this power. But guess what? He still left choice up to you. He couldn't control the disciples. The disciples had to make a decision for themselves. Because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. Somebody say amen. Look at this, he says here in Psalms 115, I'm almost there, in verse 16. The heavens belong to the Lord. So here it is, God says, listen, I am not trying to get to earth. The heavens belong to the Lord. Jesus came to earth, but you never see what God the Father wanted to come to the earth. He says, the heavens belong to me, that's mine. <laughs> but the, what? But he has given what? The earth to mankind. I know this is messing up with some of your doctrines, right? Because everybody's heaven bound. <laughs> and yes, you have access to heaven. We're going to talk about that later in the series. You have access to heaven. We're going to talk about what the Garden of Eden represented. But what I'm telling you is that the purpose of God creating man was not to bring them to heaven. It's not scriptural. He told us in Genesis 1 what the purpose was, to give you authority, dominion, and to control the earth. To make the earth like heaven. <laughs> That's what I get. I, to make the earth like heaven. So you need the Holy Spirit in order what, to duplicate heaven on earth. The Holy Spirit helps you duplicate heaven on earth. So the heavens, God says, hey, that's my spot, and I've given you your own spot. You're so eager to get to my spot, how about you work your spot? <laughs> I mean, come on, think about it. You know, that's like, you know, clean your own room. <laughs> you know, you want to go to the clean room, how about you clean your room first? Right? Everybody likes to go to the, the clean room. You know, my wife cleans up the house, and the boys love to go to where she cleans. And she's like, no, stay out of the clean area. Go to your room and clean up your room. <laughs> go to your stinky room. Fix your room up together, right? We all want to go to the clean places because we don't want to do the work it takes to clean. <sighs> Have dominion. Somebody say dominion. dominion. Let's look at the five, the five mandate of dominion. Now, I, I, I want to give this to you because here it is, and I'm, I'm going to give you these two points and we're going to pray. And I wrote this down, that God may change his plans, but he never changes his purpose. <laughs> if I had time, I'd work that, I'm telling you. God may change his plans, but he will never change his purpose. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? Well, God's purpose, we said, was in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, right? Uh, Adam messed up the plans. So God had to put something else into action, but he never changes his purpose. Uh, he told Noah the same thing. Man messed up. He the, the flood came, got rid of all those crazy people. He was ready to get rid of everything. He saved Noah and his family because what? Although he changed plans, he didn't change purpose. God is committed to his purpose for your life. Can I say it again? God is committed to his purpose for your life. That ought, to, that ought to bring peace if you ain't never had it, right? He is committed to his purpose 
for your life. And he may change plans because of your actions, but he will never change his purpose. Gosh. Purpose. So he may change plans, but he will never change. You know, it's good if Scott says it's good. It's good. It's good. You know, it's good, right? Uh, uh. So Jesus came, what? Because he's a part of the plan. I'm almost there. Now, look at this. Let's, let's look at dominion. I want you to write these five words down for dominion. Uh, if you want to take a picture, take a picture. I, 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 I didn't make a screen for that one. The five-fold mandate of dominion. So when we talk about dominion, dominion, and in, in, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to jump into the other parts. But one of the things that God gave us, man, and the purpose was to give us dominion, right? We saw dominion. And I want to talk about dominion because it's the low-hanging fruit. So I want to go over that one first. Are you ready? So dominion means to govern to rule, to control, to master, and to lead. To govern, to rule, control, master, and to lead. That's all one word. Man, you must be really important. I mean, the angels look over and say, who is man that you are mindful of him? I mean, that, that, that's what the angels told, G, told God, told God who, who is man that you are so mindful of him? You, you've, done, you've done all this for them? You've literally given them a territory of their own? We got to share heaven with you. <laughs> the, hev- the angels are in heaven with God, right? There's no separate place for angels. He said, but you've given them their own territory? Who is man that you are so mindful of them, that you've given them dominion to govern, to rule, to control, to master, to lead. So these, watch this, this is what God wants you to do with your environment. Govern it, rule it, control it, master it, lead in it. Time y'all finish this series, y'all gonna be, I'm telling you, you're gonna be walking ahead, nobody, the devil's gonna, there'll be no room for the enemy in your life, nowhere. I, I'm telling you, you you're gonna be a whole other person. I, I I was I was looking up and doing some digging on 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 what it meant to rule, and I was looking up the difference between rule and measure, and I heard something about it. And I did even a deeper study on it, and it said that uh, when it talked about to be a ruler, to rule, I kept trying to understand what it what it meant to rule, and in the 14th century, it said that there was no standard measure of anything. There was no standard measure of anything. In other words. Uh, 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 France would measure it one thing, uh, England would measure it another way, you know, another country would measure it. There was no general standard of measure. Watch this, a standard of measure. There was no standard of measure until uh, the late 15th century when the king of France uh, decided that we need to have a standard because they owned the most colonies at that time. And they went to him and they says, oh, king, uh, we need to create a standard of measure. And the king said, okay, I want you to measure from my pinky to my elbow. And when he measured from his pinky to his elbow, it was exactly 12 inches. And they said, okay, since the king uh, is measured from his pinky to his elbow 12 inches, now that will be known as the ruler. So watch this. Now the ruler is the one that tells us our measure. Oh, man. I'm trying to help you here, somebody. Uh, 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 uh. The world has no measure. But you, when you begin to rule, you will define what the measure, the standard measure is in Philadelphia. Oh, come on. I, I, need, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. I know, I know this is a lot. I know this is a lot. Uh, uh, so, 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 so now a ruler uh, was, was determined uh, by the measure of the ruler. So when he tells you to rule, what is he saying? He's saying, hey, I'm telling you to create a standard measure in the city of Philadelphia. That when they want to know how marriage should work, it should be you. When they want to know how to be integral, it should be you. Come on, somebody. When they want to know uh, uh, how to answer to somebody gossiping about them, you should be the standard measure because you are ruling. 
You are my ruler, which gives my standard measure. Ben, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm so glad you're here. I, I know this is, I know, I know, I know this is layered. This is really layered. Uh, uh, so, so, so here's my question. Can God use you as his ruler? Because if you are not his measure, then you can't be his ruler. Ah, uh, come on. If, if you're not his measure, <laughs> then you cannot be his ruler. He can't use you as a ruler if you are not measuring by his standards. Selah. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's, let, let's look at a scripture to back this up. Because y'all got that look on your face. Maybe the first week we should do something a little bit lighter. Maybe that was just a little too much for the first week. Look at this, and I'm going to close with these, uh, these, these two things. You're going to be so restored by the time you finish, man. I'm, I'm telling you. So, so watch it. That's why... Uh, David, every time David got ready to take over territory, you know, God's always talking about measurement in the Bible. I don't know if you ever noticed that. You know, you should do this, take over this. And uh, uh, Joshua, everywhere you put your feet, I shall give you. God is, is, is always cutting out, right, according to the measure. So here it is. Paul has this conversation. This is powerful. This is, this is profound, Carol. It's going to bless you. Uh, Paul has this conversation with his disciples, uh, Stephan, and, and this is what he says, and this is awesome. Verse 13 says, but we will not boast. This is Paul talking to his disciples. We will not boast of things without our measure. All right? I, I can't boast with things that I can't measure. So that's why we need each other because there's areas that I'm a great measure in or I'm not a good measure in that Ben is better at. Uh, come on, come on. When, when we come together, we become the kingdom measure. So, so, so where I'm weak, Ben is strong. Where, where Ben is weak, I'm strong. And we come together and we become the measure of the kingdom in the earth together. That's why you got to get around people that can help measure where you're weak at. Uh, am I helping you, somebody? You, 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 you. Stop talking to people. Y'all got the same measure. Misery loves company, right? Right. We measuring the same stuff. You broke, I'm broke too. You ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing either. You going through, I'm going through too. Stop measuring yourself like that. Come on, you got to get around some people that say you broke, I ain't broke. I'm gonna help you get unbroke. I'm gonna bring you up to my measure. Come on, somebody, on where I am because it's kingdom measurements. You broke, I'm broke too, girl. I feel better that we both broke. No. If we both broke, I'm talking to the wrong person. I got to talk to somebody who's not broke. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us. Oh. And you thought you were supposed to be saved. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm so glad. Thank you, Pastor Rick. He's going he gonna in for me. The measure of the rule which God has distributed to us. So God has given everybody a measure to rule in. A measure to reach even unto you. Watch this. For we stretch out not ourselves beyond our measure. We stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. I'm not trying to be somebody. I'm not. I don't stretch. Come on. I, uh, you can't afford the Gucci boots. I, I stretch. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm not going to stretch past my measure. Credit cards want to help you stretch beyond your measure. Oh, y'all quiet. I you see, I knew I'd get quiet on that right there. I know nobody liked that right there. I know, I know, I know. Ah, right? Don't live beyond your means. Don't do beyond, beyond, don't, don't stretch beyond your measure. As though you have reached un, uh, not unto us, for we are come as far as to you in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love this last part of the scripture. He says, not boasting of things without our measure that is of other men's labor, but having hope, watch this, that when your faith has increased, that we shall be enlarged. The last verse says to preach, uh, uh, to preach the gospel in, the, in regions beyond you. He says, hey, uh, I, <laughs> Paul said, I have this territory on lock.'" 
He says, I want to transfer this territory to you, but your faith needs to increase first. So that once I transfer it to you, it won't go back into the hands of the enemy. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. He said, hey, I, I, I got so much more I want to do. There are regions that I haven't even touched yet, but I need you to grow up, guys. That's what he said. I need y'all to come up and grow up so that I can pass this territory off to you so I can continue to expand the kingdom. He said, your faith needs to grow so that you can do what God has called you to do and hold down the fort as we take over territory. Come on, somebody. Can't take over South Philly, go to North Philly, because y'all can't hold down South Philly. We got to come back to South Philly, try to figure South Philly out and try to keep a toe into the North Philly. Come, I'm just crazy. We need everybody to step up in faith. Amen. Somebody say, step up in faith. I want you to write two things down and we're done. Write these two things down and we're done. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's waiting for their, ah, uh, pastor, I'm just waiting to get to heaven to get my reward. Yeah, I'm going to bust down that heaven thing, right? Listen, when you die, you go to heaven, and you die, you all want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> we want to go to heaven. But while I'm here on earth, my goal is not heaven. My goal is dominion. While I'm here on earth, heaven is, listen, why, what, what I got to worry about heaven for? It's already taken care of, right? I, I, I confess in my life, believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you, you shall be saved. Boom, it's done. That's already taken care of. Now I'm focused on dominion. Jesus took care of my eternal destination. He left the earth up to me. That makes sense to you. So you don't want to hurry up and die so you can go and get your reward. <laughs> huh? Come on. When, and, and really, if you break down, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to break down the whole concept of reward. When God rewards you, and we're going to, uh, oh, boy, the, the parable of the, of, the, of the ten cities, the ten talents. Man, it's, it's an amazing revelation because reward to re-something is to do again. Ward actually represents territory. So when God rewards you, he repositions your territory. That's what reward means. That's why you have people that are in prison that are wardens. They watch over a particular area. Uh, there is in a hospital, there is a pregnancy ward. Ward is just territory. A reward is not just getting something that, oh, you were good, I'm going to get a reward. No, no, no. Real kingdom is a reward. It means, God, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to give you new territory. I am rewarding you. So when God moved me from New York to Philly, he rewarded me. Yeah. Uh, man, I wish, I wish, I, I wish somebody was with me today. Come on, come on. So, see, see, see so, so what I'm trying to get y'all to do is you stuck on where you are. I'm trying to get you rewarded because there's territory, there's a measure of the kingdom that belongs to you. Gosh. You want to hang out in my territory, I'm trying to get you your own. Come on, there's so, part of, there's so many parts of Philly that needs you. It needs your gifting. It needs your talent. And that's what Ruach City Church is. It's a place that loves to reward people. Now, when I say that your reward is coming, you're going to know God's enlarging my territory. Somebody say, reward me, Lord. <laughs> write down this one thing. This one thing I want you to write down. And we're going to talk about this next week. Pastor Rick, I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Write this down. The last piece I want you to write this down. The kingdom is the power to control your circumstance. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to tell you what that means. Just write it down. Next week, we're going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what it means. The kingdom is the power to control your circumstance. The most frustrating thing is that you can't control your circumstance. Man, if you can control your circumstances, you'd be really relaxed. But God will not give you access to that kind of authority outside of him. Does that make sense? 
right? What you get outside of God, you got to stay outside of God to keep. What you get inside of God, you got to stay in God to keep. Can I say it again? What you get outside of God, you got to stay outside of God to keep. So the enemy, yeah, here, my, my grandma, you can close your Bibles. My grandfather used to say, the enemy will send a limousine to your house if that's what it takes. If you like stretch white limousines to get you to hell, man, he'll send you, he'll send you a limousine, whatever it takes to get you to where he wants you to be. So he'll keep those out there outside of him working, thinking they're prosperous and all those things. But they got to stay outside of God in order to maintain those things. The minute they come into God, the enemy wants all his stuff back. Because the one you serve is the one who provides. Gosh. The one you serve is the one who provides. So the question is, who is your provider? Question is, who are you serving? Come on up, Rob. Who are you serving? I want you to close your Bibles and stand to your feet. Watch this. I, I, I don't want you to enter 2020 and you are getting visions of clarity and that clarity didn't come from God. <laughs> because you have no kingdom foundation. Your clarity is about me, myself, and I. That's called selfishness. That's called pride. But the kind of clarity, divine clarity we're speaking of is, how does my life fit into the kingdom of God? Because that is his purpose for mankind. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 is why he created you. So why would you want to do anything outside of why he created you? Yes, you can stand on a chair, you can use a chair to reach the ceiling, you can use a chair to fix the light, but the purpose of the chair is to sit. That is its purpose. You can do everything else with it, but its best use is when it is being used by what the designer intended for it to be used. The best possible version of you is when you are doing what God designed you to do. Gosh, help me here today. When you are being who God called you to be, Lorenz, and I promise you that it's so much better than your current version. I know you're in love with yourself now. <laughs> I know you just love you so much. I know, I know. You love you. But here's what I'm telling you. That there's a better version of you that is in the kingdom. And if you just get rid of your will, your ways, and let God's kingdom rule step in, man, you cannot imagine. This is what he says, I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or even think. You can't even imagine what that version of you looks like. So I want you just real quickly, we're not going to do this long. I just want you, uh, Rob sings this song one more time. Man, I, I want you to surrender your hearts to Jesus afresh and say, hey, God, this is a new year. This is 2020. And, and you know, uh, 2018 and 19, man, I, I'm, it was about me. I, I'm not going to lie, God, it was about me. But, but this year, I need to make it about you. Show me how to make it about you. I don't know how to make it about you. And that's the real talk. I don't know how to make it about you. I've done it my way so long. I'm so used to doing it my way. Show me how to make it about you. Show me how to fulfill Genesis 1 verse 28. Show me how to fulfill my purpose. Show me how to rule. For you are my ruler. You are my measure. You are my standard. I want you to lift those hands. I want this to be your prayer. Your prayer today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
journey of this awesome walk I want 2020 to be your best year ever come on I want it to be your best year ever and if you're here what those heads about just repeat this prayer after me Lord Jesus I come to you a sinner I ask today that you come into my heart. Save me. Wash me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you believe it, come on, clap those hands again, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now listen, today, if you, if you said that and you mean it, and maybe you rededicated or you said it for the first time, on your way out at the hub table, so the curse will be there, there's a book that we want to give you called Your Next Steps, written by Pastor Penny, and it's an awesome book to help you along this journey on what God has called you to do. Amen? Before you take your seat, Pastor Rick, come just give three people a high five and say, God's giving you the keys. God's giving you the keys. Reckless love of God. Come on, lift your voice. Oh, oh it chases me down fights. Come on, that's it. Please deny. I don't deserve I couldn't earn it I don't deserve Still you give yourself away Oh the 
such a an excitement and an expectation in the room today see you can't talk about the kingdom and don't get excited you can't talk about the keys of the kingdom and not get excited and not want to give we want to use this opportunity for you to plant a seed into the even while the soil is moist this is what I learned about the presence of God the presence of God allowed the soil to be moist it moistens the soil. If you know anything about moist soil, moist soil is the right soil for you to plant a seed. So I want us to just plant a special seed in the ground today. A special seed in the ground today because God has been so good. And he has given us keys. Because he's given us keys, there's nothing for us to give him a seed. And I hope you know that when you plant a seed, a seed leave your hands but it never leaves your life I said the seed might leave your hand but it will never leave your life if you know anything about a seed you put one seed in the ground and that seed has potential to bring forest you might plant one seed but you don't see the potential for a forest in that seed and that's what the Lord is saying today about the seed that you plant that one that those 15 those 20 dollars you might see that seed gotta rob rob of his mic <laughs> sorry for robbing you rob but you might see that that seed as just a dollar or five or ten or whatever you give but i want you to see the potential that that seed has to hit your life when you put that seed into the ground it is going to come back manifold it is going to come back not in the way that you plant it because when you plant a seed you don't get a seed back so as you plant that seed today plant it in faith 
Give in faith today. Give in faith today. If you believe God to give you the keys that is going to unlock your purpose, that's going to unlock your destiny, plant a seed of faith today. And know that that seed, again, might leave your hand, but it will never leave your life. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down till I'm found. The 99 and I don't deserve it and I couldn't earn it still you give your oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God hallelujah father we thank you for the seed today Father, as we plant the seed into your soil, the soil of your presence, there is no greater place than to plant a seed than in your presence. In your presence is already the fullness of joy. So we plant into the fullness of your joy today. We plant this seed, we put this seed into the ground, knowing, God, that this seed leaves our hand, but it will never leave our life. Knowing that you said in your word that if we plant seed, Father God, that we will see a 30, some some 60, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold return on the seed that we plant. So we plant this seed in faith today, knowing that you will return because you are the God of the harvest. And we bless this seed and we decree and declare that this seed is going to be a blessing, not only to the body, but to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. 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 Hallelujah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I feel like it's the fast. You know, I'm like, man, there's something different. <laughs> it's the fast. Usually when we're fasting, you feel, feel something different in the room. So it's the fast. I'm like, God, man, thank God for the fast. Um, don't forget, we're entering week two. Today begins week two, day number eight. Um, if you need any information about the fast, we do we have more um, printouts? We have a couple of printouts. Um, we, we want everyone to be a part of the fast. And we know that everyone has a different, um, you know, some people are on medications and different things and people have different restrictions. So we have several ways that you can do the fast. But it is not so much about what you're not eating, or what's, but it's about what's eating you. So we want to make sure that we are sacrificing, making those sacrifices, right? We want to make those sacrifices. So whatever your level of sacrifice is, we just want to make sure that during these 21 days that you are making some level of sacrifice. Amen? Everyone's not in the same place, but we want to make sure that you're making some level of sacrifice. So see the information outside. Don't forget every, um, not only every Saturday, but every single day during the fast, we will be doing our prayer. So Monday to Friday, the prayer is from 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. I was about to say 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> That's a long prayer, 12 hours. So every day we are on the prayer call, Monday to Friday from 6 a.m. to 6.30. Come on, get on that call. It's been powerful. It has been a powerful prayer. And on Saturdays, we are praying from 9 a.m to 9.30 a.m., okay? So if you need information about the prayer call, we'll also have that for you outside at the hub table. Um, if you want to be a part of the growth track, don't forget, join us here every Sunday before service for the growth track because that's another way that we want to help you find your purpose, find your place in the world, amen? Amen. Remember, we're not just here to go to heaven, but we're here to make a difference, amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Father, we just give you praise. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. Lord, we pray today that the word that you spoke will fall into the good ground of our hearts. God, that we might see the fruit from the word. 
Lord, we pray today, God, that you would just keep moving the way that you're moving and keep moving us in the right direction towards destiny. Father, as we begin to hear about the keys of the kingdom, we pray that you would continue to open our ears that we might hear and our eyes that we might see and understand your word in a new way. God, that we might interact with your word in a new way, that we might receive your word in a whole new way. Father, we pray as we leave this place, God, that you would give us traveling mercies, and God, that you would bind the hand of the enemy that will come to steal, kill, or destroy. We thank you for victory this week, and we know that this is the year that we will see clearer than we've ever seen before. This is the year of 2020 vision. And not only is this the year that we are going to see clearer than we've ever seen before, but this is the decade of declaration. This is the decade of the decree. So we are going to speak today what we want to see tomorrow. We are going to download today what we want to see in our future tomorrow. God, so we just say thank you for this and all things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen.